Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his friend and uh, expert, Mr. Jonathan Twanley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because in my world, this topic is definitely more your area. However, we have some folks like Ivy Zellman talking about single family homes starting to overbuild. And this is going to be a catastrophic event and this, that, the other thing. So basically what she's pointing out with single families is we are now building more single families than we had at the peak of 06. And I actually just remember the number, it's 1.123 million units. So if they're talking about overbuilding in single family, I have to assume they're talking about overbuilding in apartments. So I wanted to talk to you about this and get your thoughts. So I have not heard the word overbuilding. Okay with reference to apartments. So that is interesting. There seems to be the, the thesis amongst apartment investors, the consensus is there's not enough housing and to meet demand and more needs to be built. And we're, we're at a deficit for, for housing. Um, that being said, uh, the, the Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard just released one of its two big annual reports. And this one is called uh, The Nation's Rental Housing, mm. uh, America's, rental, sorry, America's Rental Housing 2022, okay? And um, they, if you're on their mailing list, they sent around a kind of synopsis of it the other day with some interesting charts. But one of the very interesting pieces of data here is that at the end of 2021, New so under construction units were at 700,000 uh, units under construction, which is about uh, 200,000 units per year over the mm. last peak, which was 1985. It never even got that high, it peaked at about 450,000 units per year in 2007 and then kind of dropped off uh, a cliff. But by 2013, it was back at the, the, the recession peak. And since basically 2016, we've been building more than 600,000 units a year and it actually ticked up last year. And so there is a lot of, there are a lot of units coming online. Mm. And, and the way that the industry works is they all tend to come online in the same areas, right? This is not evenly distributed throughout the country. Exactly. These units are coming online in the same places, basically because lenders are looking at like, okay, Dallas is safe because of the amount of people moving in or whatever. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they, they are more reluctant to land in other places where maybe they, there are pressures, but they, uh, they just aren't, are not as acute. So you, and it was just a, Real estate always has a very herd mentality to it, mm -hmm. right? So uh, you see that happening. So I think that, you know, I have not heard anybody mention the O word yet, but- okay. The O word, I like that. The, the O word, I'm like, O word, oh, overbill, got it. <laughs> the O word, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, the O word. So uh, it's, um, but we, this is something that we should definitely track because yeah. I, think, I think it could, Certainly not not nationwide, but I think in, in specific markets where there's just been a, a frenzy of activity yeah. and everybody's sort of rushing to the same spot to build, uh, you know. And, and there are certain markets that have historically had real boom and bust. For sure, right? So like Atlanta is famous for 
overbuilding and then crashing, right? Yeah. And, and over and over and over again, um, Indianapolis is like got has a good record of overbuilding and crashing. Yeah. Uh, we, we haven't seen it in Texas yet because Texas, up until now, Texas has been relatively uh, like they kind of kept their wits about them during the, the housing crisis, right? They did, yeah. What people don't realize about Texas is they didn't have the boom and bust cycle like California. A lot of that was because of the lending rules in Texas. You couldn't get a 90 or 103% loan, right? They required real skin in the game, which was one of the reasons Texas didn't see the peak to trough that California did. So yeah, crazy. Yeah, and you didn't see it in South Carolina either. Like, you know, where you had the same, you didn't have that same kind of like housing boom like you had, let's say like in Arizona and, yeah. and some other places, right? So, but now things are different right in texas with the amount of attention it has gotten and, and ironically i mean this is, this is one of the things i always find sort of like really interesting about investor psychology is people look at at like well texas didn't have a boom and bust in the great recession so therefore yeah yeah, they're not, they're not, yeah. like it won't ever right and and then and then they go and so then everyone piles in and you create the conditions for a bust exactly right so uh but we'll see what happens. I mean, population growth is, is staggering there. A thousand people a day are moving to Texas, apparently. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot of demand, certainly. So maybe the absorption is, is possible. But I think that... Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. When, I, when you talk about the multifamily angle, it's exactly what's happening in single family. So first off, what I would tell someone who sees Ivy Zellman's talk about 1.123 being above the 06 peak, and, that, and thus it's a problem, um, that's a leap. Uh, what we have seen in the last two years is great migrations. We have seen, it is a lot easier to move from somewhere to somewhere. And what happened is we're going to a lots of places that weren't ready. So over right. the last two years, you've seen a lot of builders start to step up and, and buy land and make lots and start building. So it makes total sense that we are seeing uh, peak single family housing build because there are lots of cities that weren't ready. Like Boise, Idaho is the great example, in my opinion, right? You saw a huge home appreciation the last couple of years. It's because you weren't ready, right? A lot of California money went to Boise. Boise wasn't building anything or at least anything at scale. Right. Prices exploded. So guess what? Builders show up and start building. Uh, so again, 1.123 million being a problem is not a problem because we are simply catching up to the supply of people moving in, right? The, the great migrations. If it continued for a decade, yeah, of course, builders are going to build. It's a boom bust cycle, but this one peak is completely rational. It is completely rational. People moved and they, the cities weren't ready. I mean, yeah, and there is an argument. I've seen this argument. I don't, uh, I don't really have an opinion, but I'll just put it out there. There is an argument that the the great, you know, the great recession was not caused by overbuilding, that there actually wasn't overbuilding. It was just the Fed pulling the rug out. It was the, the funky financing and then the Fed yeah. pulling the rug out. And then, uh, you know, when things got overheated, but it wasn't actually oversupply of housing. Um, you know, there's some people say that actually, even then we're not building enough housing yeah. given the, the population, you know, increase. And we have the population is bigger now than it was in in 20 you know 20 2006 2007 right so yep. the fact that we passed that peak doesn't necessarily mean that this is a huge problem wow. but i'm definitely going to go watch her talk and 
and and see for myself. And it, mm-hmm. I, I've been meaning to do so for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, just you know, looking at say the the peak building number doesn't necessarily mean that we have um, you know a problem. And a lot of people are continuing to say, well, look, there was underbuilding in the multifamily business for a long time, and now we're just like you said, catching up. That's why you know rents have gone up. Mm-hmm. You know. 10, 15, 20% in some markets in, in the space of a year yeah. because the demand just outstrips supply by the supply by so much. So, uh, you know, we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. So in the end, folks, at least on the single family side, 1.123, it's funny. It's just a perfect symmetrical number. It, it's not a problem. If it continued for five or six years, we can have that discussion, but just because we're today over 06. And then let's not forget one other variable about today is we're going to have a bunch of family formations because it was really restricted the last couple of years, people moving home, doing all that family formations are going to go up uh, relationships, kids, all of that. So we, we are, uh, we are due for some uh, single family home development, in my opinion. So there is something interesting though, that I just read the other day, and I wish I remember where this was, I was reading it, but um, could have been the economist, but I don't recall there. You know, we, we keep on talking, we hear about all this population mm-hmm. movement, right? Yeah. Yep. From to California to the Southwest, mm-hmm. to Texas, you know, from the Northeast to the Southeast. Uh, however, Americans actually are less mobile right now than any time in American history. Fewer people move than ever before. And wow. part of it is due to the aging population Part of it is due to the fact that people can't sell their homes mm. because they got nothing, they can't buy the next home. So they're sort of stuck where they are. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting one. Yeah. So, so it is interesting that even though there's so much talk about uh, population movements, it's actually percentage wise the lowest percentage in American history of people moving from house to house. Right. So I have to go look um, that up. Yeah. And then the other thing is that population growth is slowing in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the uh, the increase between 2010 and 2020 was the slowest in American history since the Great Depression, mm-hmm. and um, that is something to kind of keep an eye on as well. For sure, as, as the population continues to age, uh, and if this, frankly, housing puts a strain on families, right? It puts a strain on it. It makes it more difficult to have more children. Mm-hmm. Right, and so people make the decision to have fewer children, uh, and uh, you know that's especially you're talking about you know the, the biggest cities or the most populous places are the most expensive generally, and it gets harder and harder to, to have more children. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, that's something else to keep an eye on. So who knows? I mean, I'm going to go watch Ivy Zellman's talk. Mm-hmm. Maybe she talks about you know maybe her argument is that these two trends are intersecting with each other, building more and keep, and fewer babies and stuff like that. So a little bit of that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But Very cool. Interesting stuff. Well, Jonathan, how can people follow you and get part of your world? So numerous ways. If you want to get on my investor list, Google Two Bridges Asset Management, and you can uh, fill out the investor form. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to join my free Facebook group, it is Multifamily Investment Community. And if you would like to join my paid coaching program where you get a call with me every month, get access to all my materials uh, and uh, other stuff, uh, that is multifamilylaunchpad.org slash join. And uh, it's just 97 bucks a month. 
for a great value. So very cool. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much, Jonathan. You have a wonderful week. Okay. You too, Michael. Thank you.